Welcome to today's episode of The Square. Before we get started, I want to introduce you to today's host, Poonam Schallenberger, who is integral in helping us identify some of the stories and topics that are current trends today, and many of which we talk about on The Square. Poonam, explain a little bit about what you do. Sure. Well, I'm lucky enough to work with the thought leaders across our firm to discover the new ideas and coming out of our sectors and share the stories that are shaping the future of design. Well, I'm excited to hear Poonam as she jumps into a conversation in education with Steve Holsey. Stay tuned. Welcome to today's episode of The Square. Today, we're talking about education and the impacts of the pandemic on the ways that we approach school. We're gonna get beyond masks and social distancing to talk about the ways that pandemic and the responses to the pandemic have changed the ways we approach school. Today, I'm here with President and the Market Sector Leader of the Education Practice here at Corrigan, Steve Halsey. Thank you, Poonam. Glad to be here this morning. Thanks, Steve. So school looks really different this year, right, Steve? I feel like so many kids are hybrid or they're remote or in person, but more than how we are doing school, I would imagine that this year, this last year, has really changed the ways that parents and teachers and students are thinking about school and the ways that they're approaching school. Um, how do you think these new models have changed the ways that we're approaching the school campus? Well, in our education practice and, and working with our clients, you know, this was a, it was over a weekend reaction to, for all of us, for us in, in the working world as well in the education world that we, we had to adjust on the fly. Yeah. And, and the training and the understanding of how to use the virtual world and now work, use and work into the virtual world and the in-person world has just been a, a model that has been worked through as we do it. So knowing that and knowing the way education has built over the many, many, many years since we've had education models and, and public schools and private schools, they always like to go through a process, understand the process, test the process, understand how the process works for the students, not only just the students, but for the individual. And that whole testing scenario was done on the fly. So there's a lot of things that they have learned by doing, which is, as we know, the best way to learn. Yeah. And learning by doing um, is how education has been formed for, uh, since the day education started, whenever it started, um, doing practicing hands-on approach. And that's where we are now, is that they are now in the doing and investigating how the doing works better in some ways and how the doing doesn't work better and, and tailoring that model. So from the spring into the fall is where that tailoring happened and now it's being more tailored as we're getting in more students back into the schools and more students in person and how to make that hybrid model work. You know, you bring up a good point. So much of the ways that we learn, the fundamentals of the ways that we learn and teach ourselves and teach others involves this hands-on element, this idea of let's test things, let me watch you mess something up and, and learn from that and communication and collaboration. And while we've kind of evolved these several approaches that are different from just from district to district depending on their local guidelines and best practices it seems like there's still that fundamental goal right of educating our students giving them a safe and welcoming and encouraging environment keeping them keeping them safe 
but it seems like there's a sort of contradiction between the fundamentals of how we learn and then kind of some of the best practices we have to have mm -hmm. in place. Can you talk to me a little bit about maybe the friction that, that comes up there? Well, in, in the education of all students and the way we learned, it's education model is the doing, the hands-on, the working through the problems, the being, being able to point and look and say, this is how you do it face to face. That's different in, in the um, virtual world. But on top of that, it's not just the learning, it's the social aspect yeah. of education that has been, that has been um, changed and will be changed. The social aspect, as we know, humans are social animals. We like to be with people. We like to talk to people. We like to be face to face. We learn from each other. Yeah. The facial cues that you get in this conversation like this, yeah. the understanding, the being able to tell reactions and how people are thinking and being able to see the teachers being able to see the light and the light that comes on in a student when you're sitting here face to face mm -hmm. and you say one plus one is two and you look at them and you can tell they get it yeah. or you can tell just by their face that they don't get it and that's part of what this model that we're in now a hybrid model is trying to adjust to is the training for the students and the educators over a virtual platform of understanding those visual cues and then understanding the social cues from their peers and the students other students with them because we know we learn just as much from each other as we do from the educators and being in that model of in person going to school social aspects of being with our our peers as well as the educators is, yeah. is a critical part of the education process that that this virtual model or a hybrid model is going to have to evolve to catch. Yeah. I know for me, you know, working remotely, um, though I had elements of it before this pandemic hit, I know that there's still certain parts where I'm like, am I supposed to raise my hand during this Zoom call? Am I supposed to type my question in? How do you think this affects the way that students participate or even think of them, their own selves and abilities through their learning experience when it's virtual? Well, st students, we did as well as students, you know, it, it happened over a weekend and the virtual platform, we just had to adopt immediately and understand how to make it work. And all of us, as well as educators, have been evolving through that whole process about how education is gonna work in a virtual platform. And it's training, like I said before, the training and the understanding and the testing from the curriculum and departments of knowing, here's, here's the one, two, three of how we're gonna teach this curriculum. Mm -hmm. Now we have to figure out not only the one, two, three of how they're going to teach the curriculum, but the one, two, three of how a virtual platform is going to work best yeah. for each individual student and each individual teacher, bringing into all the aspects of the curriculum points that they want to teach and the social cues and the social interactions mm -hmm. in a visual platform, virtual platform. And um, that's part of the process that we've been going through through the last six months. And it's going to continue. It's going to continue for all of us until we get to that point that the hybrid model works where there is all of that incorporated into one platform. And there may be another platform that's out there that we don't know about. And I'm sure there is that is going to be an even more virtual platform where you can incorporate the social interaction of students into the education model. Yeah. You know, um, before this pandemic, I think a lot of students were already starting to live online, obviously depending on your age group, right? Um, they had their gaming communities, they had social communities that lived on virtual platforms or chat rooms and things like that. Um, but I would imagine that 
kind of being on display and maybe not being able to choose that setting for yourself affects the way that you might think of the ways you interact with others or the ways that you think about yourself. How do you think that moving community onto this pretty virtual and maybe even exclusively virtual platform has affected things like confidence or relationships with, between students and peers or between students and teachers? That's one of the education models that they're working through right now because if you're in person, you know, there are students that have certain personalities and there's students that have other certain personalities. And my, my daughter's a teacher and she teaches third grade. And knowing that in person, those students that need that extra attention, that they're in the back of the classroom or the side of the classroom and they, she can tell they're just not getting it or they're not engaging, she's able to bring them in. When they're in a virtual platform, the, the problem is, is not being able to reach, reach into there and, and engage them. It's just talking on a computer screen to each other and learning or evolving our educational model to be able to interact and connect to that student directly and bring them into the virtual model is something that needs to be worked through and is being worked through every day to make sure that no one gets left behind and no, every student is engaged in the process of learning in their own way, as we know, Every student has a different speed. Every student has a different engagement. Every student has a different situation. It's got to be a very tailored, individual method of educating students. Yeah. So it sounds like, in addition to maybe lacking the feedback, right? Knowing, hey, am I doing a good job? Does the teacher like what I'm doing? Do, am, I, am I on the right track? Do my friends like me? Um, there's probably also this, you know, they're they're behind a screen, right? And so while schools have done an incredible job of mitigating distractions or even putting the right sort of inspirations in place, students now are sort of behind a screen where that sort of control or that sort of thought and research and a lot of what you said, the decades of planning have not gone into planning the sort of environment behind mm -hmm. that screen at home. So how have you seen that change the ways that maybe students are, the mental state that they're at when they log on or their sort of attention span when they're logging on? What, how, does, how does the home life affect that? Well, in the, in the districts that we've talked to and working in this model, there, as we know, there's parents that are very engaged and there's parents that aren't as engaged and making sure that each student is engaged to their level, depending on their, their own home environment, is critical into this process. And that's what I was talking about, the individualized education. I really think that there's going to have to be more educators yeah. in, in the world moving forward in this virtual world, more teachers or more aides or in order to engage every one of the students on that individualized level. In the home life, you know, every parent has had to adjust as well. Every parent has had to adjust their whole world based upon this, everybody being home and the virtual education and college, high school, even into middle school, they're, they're much more adept at this change in the education world. When you get down to lower middle school and into elementary, that whole thing that we learn when we're very young about the social cues, the understanding our peers, the being in groups, the process of being able to sit and pay attention and learn and understand has not been taught yet. And that's part of the education model that I know districts are working through right now is to make 
find ways to engage those younger students to get those processes set in place as they move forward up the line. And then having the parents understand that this is different as well and that you can't just go here, little Susie, sit in front of the screen and do your class all day. You know, it, they have to be the bridge right now. Yeah. The parent has to be the the arm of the of the educator at home to be able to to help those younger students stay engaged, go through the process, ask questions. You know, not just meld into the background. That's part of the process as yeah. well. That I said about the the teacher being able to see the student in the classroom that they seeing them on the computer you can see we can see each other's face but the engagement is what parents need to help with and that's part of what's going to adjust as we go into a, a virtual and um, environment for education yeah so i would imagine that being at home um you know this their home isn't necessarily set up in the same way that that their classroom is right. um, and perhaps if there's any stressors at home and I know you mentioned that right now parents are kind of taking on the burden and absorbing some of the the stress of society or having to homeschool their child um, I would imagine that that kind of all affects the ways that we learn and then you know you mentioned that every student learns differently and everyone's home life looks different how do you think that this will impact us when we do kind of return whatever whenever that happens whatever that looks like what do you think this means for a class and a student body that returns and has had a variety and a spectrum of you know home experiences um in terms of what they'll what it'll be like when we come back to the classroom well unfortunately they're all going to be different mm -hmm. so everybody's going to there's some that are going to be on level there's some that are going to be above level there's some that are going to be below level and that's what we're trying to, the educators now are going, working through that process to level them all about and get them up to level that they're supposed to be. Mm. Learning on the fly, learning how to teach on the fly in this and keeping them up to that level and keeping everybody together. So that's where the parents are, are coming in to um, help right now. Once we move through this and we go into the hybrid world of after COVID, um, vaccines out there and people start going back to school, I think there's going to be, um, I call it a very hyper flexible type of education model uh -huh. that's really going to be tailored for every student more than it has been in the past. You know, teachers engage every student on their own level in the classroom and they're going to do that more as we move into the, into the future. And they'll, parents are going to demand that too, I yeah. think, because parents are, some of them are used to this model. Some of them are into this model and like it going back and forth. Some of them aren't as flexible with the way they used to. So it'll mean the hyper flexibility of not only the education model for each student, but the education model for each household based mm -hmm. upon the individual parents' needs, work schedules, things like that that are flexible. I think a education model in the future is going to be very much a, a um, we'd call it a concierge service, yeah. where it's, it's tailored to individual families more than it has been in, in the past, where school would go from eight to three, now it may go from seven to seven. And that tailoring is what districts are working their way through right now in order to adjust to everything that's going on in the world and the, the future. Steve, this sounds really hard. I mean, it sounds like, so you have a bunch of kids coming back whenever and whatever that looks like, right? All at different levels of what has actually been learned over the past year, however long. And then 
a variety of confidence levels probably, right? A, a variety and a spectrum of engagement. And then layer on top of that, this expectation that education is gonna become even more personalized to their student. Seems really, really hard. Um, how do you see this impacting the ways that we design or the curriculum and, and just the ways that we think about school now? Well, I will say um, in talking to one of the districts we work for, it is hard. And just as we have experienced in our professional lives, staring at the computer screen all day, talking to people, engaging with our teams and our peers, at the end of the day, you're very tired. Yeah. You're very tired from staring, eye strain, staring at the computer, things like that. What's happening now is that the educators have that. Yeah. And you think about that, them, we engage our, a couple people in a, in a meeting or a conference call, but the educators are now engaging 20 students all day long, every day. What's going to change in the future, I think, from an education perspective or from a teacher perspective, is there's going to have to be more processes put in place in this hybrid world where teachers will, there's going to need to be more. As I said before, there's going to need to be more educators in order to make this work because the stress on teachers now is incredible. And they do an incredible job with the resources that they have now. But it, the building of the stress every day, they're going to need more relief, if that makes sense. More breaks during the day, more place to just step back, decompress. So that was, that, I think that'll adjust the way schools are set up, that there's going to be more teacher areas where mm -hmm. teachers can go and in inside outside space or just a break room to go for 20 minutes you know more than their their off period they have now but in every two hours or something like that so that engagement will happen the same thing with students is that the students even in a hybrid model when they're at school the students will need more of the same thing so more of the inside outside connections is going to be critical to breaking away from the computer and being able to turn around and open up a door and have fresh air from outside and just go outside and sit in the grass for yeah. 10 minutes, things like that is going to be part of more of the process than it has before. Yeah, you know, um, you bring up an interesting point about teachers, right? We talk a lot about students, we talk a lot about kids, and are they learning, are they not learning? You know, do they feel engaged? Are they getting enough exercise? But teachers have kind of become this forgotten group that you know, we just don't talk about it enough. Yeah. And last year, Corgan did this study on what teachers want from their workspace. I mean, the school is their workplace. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, recognizing that teacher satisfaction really can be tied to the ways and the outcomes that we see for students. Um, what sorts of support do you think we're going to need to offer teachers? You've, you mentioned some of it, but how, how are we turning our attention to getting teachers to feel safe and empowered and well supported as they return to the classroom um, so that we can get our kids back. Educators are rock stars. Yeah. They are, they're under, as we said, we're, we're all working through this model. They're working through the model in real time and keeping the students up and to the pace that they need to be at and, and moving them forward. So in the future, as I said, there's going to be whatever level that might set for each district or each college um, about more educators, more aides. And there's going to be, I think, in the virtual world, it's going to allow more resources to be brought to everyone from around the world. So in that model, there could be, there could be an a specialist that is in Finland that teaches a certain thing and is the best in the world at teaching that certain thing. Well, right now there's very, very loose connection to those experts around the world. I think that will be impacted 
more in the future that all those experts will be accessible to everybody in every district and teachers will be able to set up educators districts um, processes to bring educators to every every school mm -hmm. and have all those specialties that they are um, trying to do right now and be able to flex into that which will help leave some of the stress for the teachers the educators also you talked about their their environment and being being liking their environment from the survey we, we did and and their workplace where they are mm -hmm. the the break spaces as i said are ha going to have to be augmented for them in order to be just not a place to go have lunch but a place for decompression a place to just go sit in the dark if they want to go go sit outside under a tree uh, things like that so that they're they're going to their satisfaction with work and their satisfaction with educating students which is that's what they what they do that's what they that's their profession but making sure the stressors of this new life doesn't drive them out of the profession because it just becomes too stressful yeah yeah you mentioned bringing educators and experts in from outside of the classroom and you know we had already sort of seen the the breakdown of traditional campus boundaries and starting to engage with the community a little bit more or maybe the possibility of connecting to you know a school in China for instance as a, as a partner school um, how do you think this this is going to change the ways that we think of the campus boundary and the ways that it engages with the community going forward um, I don't think there will be a campus boundaries mm -hmm. be there'll be a campus building mm -hmm. there'll be a school but inside of that school, I see the transition of a of a new space, a space that may be, you know, and I don't, I'm not going to design it, but it's a space that is used for all of the camp community connections, all of the world connections. And this space will be used by everybody. Right. And you will come in and it'll be um, augmented reality or a virtual reality environment that's set up for students. And there'll be students from one district and students from another state and students from overseas all pulling together and, and learning from each other. Technology is going to help us do that. Technology is going to help the educators do that and bring those resources together more than we've seen in the past and more that we have even imagined. Being able to understand everybody across the world, across the U.S. and bringing it to, you, to your space is something that's going to be um, critical for each one of the students to have. Yeah, and even if it's you know, half your classrooms, <clears throat> excuse me, if even half your classroom is remote and you're on, you're on the campus, I mean, that's another way that it just kind of blends that space. Absolutely. So if we're thinking about the actual physical space now, how do you think that the ways that we engage with that space is different? I know that for me, I'm a little bit more hyper aware of, you know, has this been cleaned? Has this been sanitized? You know, am I allowed to go here? Um, how do you think that is going to change the ways that, that students and teachers actually engage with their physical environment through this pandemic and because of the initial responses we're seeing from it? Well, they have, it, they have the process of cleaning the classrooms, cleaning the schools down now, yeah. the ones that have gone back to in-person learning or a virtual model. Yeah. The teachers and another part of the stressors that are on the teachers, educators' lives right now is that in between classes, they wipe down the tables. They wipe down the hardware door handles. They, they have masks there for students that may not have a mask or got one dirty. Mm -hmm. You know, all of that process is, you know, they come in and they get hand sanitizer. All that process is worked into their, their educational model and it is part of um, just part of the way it is now. So mm -hmm. the cleaning and the safe 
um, buildings, they, they're working through that and that it's been engaged. What's gonna change in the future is the, the as I said, the flexible model, the hyper-flexible model, where there's some parents that don't wanna come back. Mm -hmm. They wanna keep their student in a virtual world. And then there's some parents that wanna come back halfway half and half, and then there's some parents that the students are there all day long in a full in-person model. So that hyper-flexibility that I talked about yeah. and keeping in the design of the building, keeping those groups apart. So keeping them in their cohorts of, here is a outside access classroom, flexible classroom for the, for the ones that are just coming to get that specialized learning, but they're, they're doing the rest of their education at home. The middle group is the ones that are doing half and half. So they're doing half at home, half in school. So they have their own space. And then the ones that are there full time all day doing an in-person learning. I think it's gonna be real critical to keep those groups separate because, and they're all each gonna have a, a separate kind of model in the educational facility. Classroom's gonna be a classroom. Classrooms are there. We've got millions of classrooms across the United States. Those are going to stay. There will be classrooms in the future. There's still gonna be classrooms. But once you get inside of it, the flexibility and the access to um, technology and the way they sit and the way they act and the way they interact together um, will be a little different than it is now. But it's, it's, the school districts were very much into a collaborative environment, technology integration. So that's it's just slightly tweaked there. Yeah. It's more of, the different groups of students um, and the different family needs that are gonna adjust how we design schools and how we interact with the communities that the schools are in. So it sounds like even just the ways that we're thinking about student wellness has changed. You know, we were really focused on mental health and emotional health, but it seems like we're also now adding this real sort of, or maybe renewed appreciation for their physical well-being as well, and seeing that being integrated into the ways that we do think of campus safety and security. Can you talk to me a little bit about how we think our notion of feeling safe on campus is gonna change? Well, feeling safe on campus is, um, is something that has been forefront of education design for forever. And if we go to a hyper-flexible model, it's, there's more interaction of people coming in and out of on the campus. So, and what I think as well is there's gonna be more access points to the building. You know, right now, most of the K-12 schools, there's a front door, you come in the front door, you check in, you go somewhere in the building. Yeah. Well, if you're separating groups into cohorts, then they need to have different entries, which is gonna be a different process into getting into the building. So those safety protocols that the districts school districts and educators have established now at the front door and this is the front door we're gonna have to have multiple of those yeah. in order to do um do this process as well as the clinics are going to be different than they were i would say that there's going to be more i mean they may not be full full-blown clinics like we have in schools now but there's going to be more um, health spaces also to serve those cohorts um, in each one of the different groups separate uh, but equal and separate but uh, cohesive, so it's it's a different way of thinking. Um, in addition to that, serving food, um, mm -hmm. going to the cafeteria, preparing food, how all that will adjust, more prepackaged, more um, more not as many grab and go things, more here here's your lunch or bring your bring your lunch to to you, and the um, cohesion of inside outside 
is going to be super critical in the designs of the future, making sure that every space um, has at least operable windows, mm -hmm. doors to the outside, connecting the and are expanding the building footprint by pushing it more outside mm -hmm. than it has in the past. Yeah, I'm sure kids are just dying to get back outside and, and hang out with their friends and actually play have, after having been stuck behind a screen for several months. Exactly, so. right. Okay, so Steve, you mentioned that when we come back to the school campus, it's going to look different, right? I mean, we're all going to, all the students are going to be at a different place in their learning, in their journey. Um, some people have may have been remote, some may have been in a hybrid model, some may have parents who were able to kind of be more hands-on, and some may have had to kind of weather some of the burdens at, and stressors at home. How do you think this impacts students when they come back to the campus? Many different ways. So some of them have embraced this, and some of them have not embraced this. So, you know, we call it, um, Part of the education process is making sure that everybody's, you know, learn to, learning to a level or exceeding that level of going through the process. And, and the education that we've done, the school districts have done through this process, has lost some of that. You know, some of the students have excelled, some of them haven't. So there's a catching up period that, that they're working through right now and the fact that the education of each student is not at the same level. So what these, what they're going to have, the school district is going to have to do as students come back is to bring everybody up to that same level, mm -hmm. bring everybody back to, to the levels that they're supposed to be on and, and do the catch up part of that. And the students' um, individual attention and individual education is going to be critical to be able to do that. And that's what educators are going to have to are embracing and will embrace as the students come back is bringing everybody back up to that same level and making sure that the education models are the flexible as we talked about before or are flexible as we talked about before in order to bring those levels back up. We know that as I said before there's really really engaged parents that are just you know helicopter parents watching their students all day long what they are and there's parents that aren't as engaged and in that method and those students reflect that and the home life reflects that as well so getting back into the schools is critical in order to bring that level back up equal for all students in order to bring their education models yeah. back up to you know you think the school's done such a great job over the course of decades and decades of refining the process right so it didn't matter what your personality type was or your learning type was, there was a space or a program or a teaching or curriculum style that would help meet you where you are. Mm -hmm. um, but now when you're behind the screen and there's just one way to learn, at least for the foreseeable future, or one-ish way to learn, mm -hmm. and you have an environment that's not specifically designed to meet your need, how do you think that affects a student in terms of his or her confidence or, um, or sort of approach when he, he or she returns back to the campus? Well, the emotional toll on the students is going to be big. Yeah. The ones that are that have fallen behind then haven't kept up with the other ones and going to see their peers and seeing their peers are three weeks ahead of them on this thing that they haven't got yet is going to be great. Mm -hmm. School districts are going to have to have more um, counseling, more interaction, more training of all of the students to understand that Everybody's learned at a different level. Everybody learns at a different level. And it's been even more exasperated by 
them not being there together to understand that and they'll all come back together and then every, all the other students will see that. So the whole psychological address of the student's perspective of school with their peers and with the education model of bringing everybody back together is going to be a critical part of this process that so that each student are on the same level, not only in the education process of learning, but also in the psychological process of, of being with each other. Yeah. You know, you brought up the need for counselors and, and this idea that the school has a responsibility to care for the emotional and mental needs of the student. Um, you know, we don't just go to school to learn what, you know, yes, we need to learn our algebra and our, and our social studies, but um, there's so many things we get from the school campus, right? It enriches us socially, it, 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 there's some compassion there and there's care there. I know I used to look forward to going to school for so many more reasons, mm -hmm. right? Um, what are some of the reasons that you think students may be missing the school campus beyond just that learning that can happen in a virtual in a virtual classroom? What are some other elements that we should be aware of that students might be missing? Well, it's it's the social aspect of going to school and being with your friends and your peers and just being together, being out of the being out of the house, and that's something I think that's also going to change in the future. Is that schools are the neighborhood center you know, the community center of the neighborhood, it's gonna, that's gonna be even more compacted or impacted in the future because they're gonna be more of a community center. They're going to be more of a resource for the community for the students to be out there, be engaged with the other students, parents to be engaged with each other and be engaged with the um, administration and the educators because lots of students now or have use those, um, or the schools supply them breakfast, lunch, and dinner mm -hmm. um, year-round. And that's where they go to, to get supplement their food at their house. Um, they go there to go and have a warm environment. They go there to, to be able to go see their friends and play and have the access to play equipment, have the access to technology. So that aspect, as I talked before about the concierge service for each student is going to be expanded in my opinion, and be expanded for um, the school districts to give act access to the students tailored to their own particular need and their own family need, where it's not only just educating them, it's putting them in the social environment, giving them a recreational environment, food, security, everything that they need to make a, um, the well-rounded students um, grow and learn. Yeah. It seemed at the top of the pandemic became pretty clear that not everyone's home environment was the same. And the school had to wrestle with, how do we get kids lunches? How do we provide them those meals you talked about? How do we provide them Wi-Fi, right? Because not everyone has access to that. Mm -hmm. What are some other things that have sort of started to reveal themselves as, as to the ways that the school has been a critical part of people's lives in ways that maybe we didn't realize before this pandemic? Well, we knew that they were the, um, the cultural center of, of many communities, and that's where, where they, the students went, that's where they go to hang out, that's where they went to get their meal. But you're right, the districts have evolved over, over this last six, seven months to be able to expand their being the, the center for the student environment, if that makes sense, and being able to get them hotspots so they can have Wi-Fi at home, being able to get them the laptops and the technology that they need to use the Wi-Fi at home, be delivering 
meals to their doors, which many districts have. They, bus drivers have gone and, and, and brought them meals to every student's house. So embracing that whole student is what school districts have done. Now, when we get into the virtual, virtual world or the inside out world, in person and um, virtual world both, which will be the model of the future, that'll change the school districts. And they'll, they'll, they're going to change and adjust based upon every student's need. Yeah. It seems like the school district also is going, like through this pandemic, has sort of had their expectations raised as well of what's, of what's needed from them and sort of serving the whole student um, as, as like their second place. The schools become this sort of second place. Um, and we found a new value for the school. Absolutely. As I said, educators are rock stars and they have, have worked through this tirelessly since it all started. And what we know and what we've seen is that we as parents are just demanding more from the school districts, mm -hmm. demanding more access, demanding more things to come to us and, and to be able to stay on level and stay pace so our student, our children can learn. And that, as we know, those pressures that they've worked through and those things that they have just means School districts are have more resources, more educators, provide more things, mm -hmm. which also means more money. And all of that is, is going together to work to what the future will be. Um, there's going to be a lot more resources, I think, provided by the school districts mm -hmm. for the students and the communities. But it's also just going to mean that they're, they're going to need to be funded. Yeah. yeah. So, Steve, we talk a lot about schools as pipelines of talent, right? And we've invested a lot in design and in in career preparation to to create a strong talent pipeline. How does this pandemic change the ways that we might think of that? Does it affect our pipeline of talent in the future? Yes, it does. Because you can see um, in the, this has changed education at, at, from kindergarten all the way through universities. And it's changed, and it was, as we said, it was a learning on the fly, an adjustment in process. So there is that process that needs to be worked through that's going to take a year or two in order to understand a virtual world and a hybrid world and how to reach every student. So that period that we have that we're in right now of the investigation, the learning, the changing the processes is affecting everybody all the way through the whole level. How will it affect every student or every level? We don't know yet, but it does. And is are our educators going to have to work so much harder to in order to do more, in order to bring everybody back to up to level? Yes. Yeah. So it's going to change the way education happens. Are students going to have to do more in order to learn how to learn through this process the best way? Yes, it is. So if you take that and you project it out three or five years, knowing that you have that hard process in there that they've all worked through, in three to five years, everybody may be super, super fast about doing everything and has embraced this. And instead of a 12 years, we only go to school for 10 years. I, I don't know what that will be, but there will be an effect all the way through the process and all the way through colleges, as, as well as the um, kids or the students that graduate from college going into the professional world, into their professional life. Mm -hmm. It is an adjustment. It is, it has affected how that all works and the process of, it's not really catching up process, but the process of adjusting in order to get back to level that they were in February, March of this year has to be worked through. Mm 
and it has to cycle through the whole system and that that's going to change us for five ten years forever so we've talked a lot about the role of the school and how it supports students and teachers and parents and communities socially mentally emotionally um, it's so much more than just a classroom to learn in it's 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 a place that cares for our whole self mm-hmm. And so as we think about the future of school design and school curriculums, what are some of the key things that you think educators and design needs to keep front of mind if we're going to recognize that we are different? We're going to be different when we walk in through our classroom doors next. What are, what are some key takeaways? Uh, the key takeaways that I can think of is that, as I said, the educators are going to have to have more resources or change their processes or both in order to address the different educational models. And that can go in many different ways, but it, that is gonna change um, how they teach, how they interact with students. The students themselves are also going to have to change to understand different models. So it's not going to be you come to a classroom and, and they teach and then they go to recess and do the way they, what they did before. It's going to be an evolved model for all students to understand what's available to them. And the parents are going to have to um, also adjust based upon this model. So everybody's adjusting all the way through this mm-hmm. process. What I see is all of it is that it's, it's more, more, more from, from everybody mm-hmm. in order to understand the hybrid model that we're going to have moving into the future. And the more, more, more is right now and for the next year or a couple of years till this this gets worked through and then it becomes the standard and as i said the standard may be in a couple years that because we've learned so much because we've had these resources these tailored approaches to everything that we may be going faster in the future which i think very well could be a result of this is that things become more efficient you know just like us just like us in the professional world now as we're doing more zoom calls doing more teams calls before you would have to plug in travel and and going to meetings and going from place to place you can do minute by minute by minute and fill your entire day with being on a call with somebody that efficiency is good and bad it's good because it's efficient it's bad because you don't get a break and mentally exhausting so working through that process in the next few years will i think make education better and um definitely different. So Steve, when we think about empathetic design and human-centric design, um, how does the school design and curriculum and program recognize and honor the ways that parents, teachers, and students have been fundamentally changed because of this pandemic and because of the ways that the models have changed? You know, the people walking through the campus doors are not the same as the ones who left before the pandemic. So how does the school design respond to that and care for them and meet them where they are? School designs are going to have to be much more accessible, but secure and flexible, but rigid. So yeah, solve that problem um, each different way. What I think is that in the future, because we've all changed and, and everybody will, will be changed, is that the flexible model is there's going to be more, less of parents drive up, drop off their kids at school, or students drive up, drive to school, go in the building, they go in for a time, they come out. It's going to be more, there's going to be more interaction from the parents Mm -hmm. because the parents have 
gotten used to this, and some of them will want to be closer, be there. The community center aspect of a school and our designs of the school is going to be much greater in order to allow for that access, but also to in order to have security, safety, and education. The teachers are also going to and have changed and will change more in order to be more flexible in the education models, to understand more involvement by parents on one side, less involvement by parents on the other side, and how to flex the school in order to address both of those different models. Yeah. Well, Steve, thank you so much for the conversation today. Really important information on what we might be able to expect from the future of the school campus. And thank you so much for joining us. If you're interested in learning more, we encourage you to take a look at the links in our description box. Otherwise, we'll see you next time.